0: Industry-wide, there's about a 80% non-recoup rate. So basically how it works is record labels are for the most part venture capital. So what we're saying is we believe in you and we're gonna put some money behind you and then we're gonna use our years of experience to um, you know, help push you into stuff.
1: That was a big step because I thought that maybe writing about you know, breakups and whatever was a way to hide behind it, but when you're more vulnerable and able to kind of show your true colors, it's like, wow, this is a whole nother level of feelings. Used to tell me goodbye was just a way to say I'll see you again someday.
2: I used to turn on my CD and and not mention that it was me, because how corny is that, right? Driving someone around, check out my music. So you just sit in the, you're driving and you just kind of hope someone goes, oh, who's this? but it's it's something that allows me to keep doing
3: this all right here we go Welcome to Proco 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This show connects people who love Colorado with the stories and lessons of Colorado's world class entrepreneurs. All my guests believe that Colorado is different, that success feels different here, and that's why Proco 360's tagline is Live, Work, Love Colorado. This episode is extra special. We're here at the 3rd & James studio where I record my podcast, and tonight we're with a sold-out live audience. Thanks, guys, for being here. (laughs) Excellent. 3rd & James is a Colorado developmental record label and recording studio. My guest is owner Joshua Olson and we will be joined by two awesome 3rd & James label artists, Kayla Ruby and Ollie McCracken. The four of us will talk about the music business and building performance careers. After our conversation, there's going to be time for questions from the audience, so listeners keep listening. Joshua, Kayla, and Ollie, thanks for joining me on ProCo 360. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. All right, on we go. Joshua, let's start. What's the backstory to how you got into this business?
0: Well, started in the church like many musicians. Dad's a preacher, small town America. And uh, he would be sent from city to city to start new churches, and there was nobody to play in the band. So he uh, hired us kids, and we all had to learn how to play an instrument. What did you play? uh, I I was talentless enough to be stuck on bass. (laughs) So uh, bass, trombone, uh, things along those lines. And so little by little, uh, we just got good at it. Cool. And then in the uh, early 90s, he moved us to Seattle. Graduated high school and and, uh, Seattle was popping off at the time with the whole grunge movement and uh, came out of high school and just started playing music. Mm. Started producing up there and so on. And then little by little toured, um, did session work, got signed a few times and then got old and had kids.
3: Wow. (laughs) That changes everything, doesn't it? It it changes everything. So now you've got this 3rd and James, which is a developmental label. So Mm -hmm. talk about what is a developmental label?
0: Nowadays, major labels are are looking at uh, within a very small pond, which is just people that are signed to publishing deals. Um, There's very few people out there doing what we call A&R, which stands for Artists and Repertoire, which is finding new young artists who are doing awesome stuff that chances are the world's never going to get to hear. So we see a business in early stage development of artists who we think um, deserve an opportunity Mm, to get out there. Yeah,
3: Well, well, Colorado's not really considered yet a top music city right sure. although some yeah. huge acts have come out of colorado yeah, right i mean yeah. uh big head todd Nathaniel they The rate lift the frail kinds but you know when you think about colorado how do you see it for the music business
0: well the reason we're here is there's a lot of white space hmm. um it's not an industry town yet there's not a lot of support for what we do um, take that big old board behind us there there's probably one guy in the region that can work on it um, and he's probably reading the manual while he's doing it, um, as in other towns where there's, you know, there's an industry to support it. Uh, so there's white space here. You can create yourself and, and define whatever it is you want to yeah, do. Yeah,
3: but white space doesn't always mean that it's going to be an opportunity, does it? No,
0: absolutely not. The thing is that what we've developed is a staff here that has you know, collectively 40 years of label-signed experience. Mm-hmm. So we're bringing from other parts of the country what yeah. we've learned there.
3: Hmm. Kayla and Ollie? Um, what do you think of Colorado as a place to get your career started? You to...
1: I'll go. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm incredibly young, so I came into this straight out of high school. I graduated early, and um, I I didn't even know what the career was like here because I was so young. But um, like Josh said, it is a white space, and there's a lot of room to kind of do your own thing. and. Yeah. But I look forward to seeing that grow because I, I think there's so much talent in this town. I mean, we have so many people come in here and do records, and it's like, oh, oh my gosh, like why aren't they like on the radio? Uh, oh my yeah. gosh! So, <laughs> I think there's a lot of potential for people popping off. It just takes the right formula.
3: What do you think?
2: Yeah, I'll just add to that. I think um, Denver and and the you know the state itself, Colorado, offers a lot of inspiration. And um, it's it's a good place to live to just kind of, you know, take in the world and and see what kind of art you can squeeze out of it. So that's kind of, I think being here in, in Denver is just a good place where there's the support here. People have your back and are willing to listen to what you're doing. And beyond
3: that, you can go out and, and get inspired all the time as well. Is there like a whole community that you're experiencing of, of developmental artists?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's all over. It's all over town, you know, in all these little bars and once a week, these open jams and, and open mics where you're seeing people you've never heard of that are phenomenal musicians that are trying to, you know, get their name out and yeah.
3: exist in the space. So, yeah, it's all it's really it's all over. So, Joshua, when you when you thought about starting this, I mean, what's success going to look like for you? Well, I'd
0: love to sell to a major label. And <laughs> yeah? <laughs> no, no, man. I think what we're looking to do is find artists that we can take from zero to 60. That uh, it's not just one of those things where you have to have a, a viral following on YouTube. If we can send them out, um, not just as artists who understand the music business, but also understanding their, their dang margins... You know, understanding you know, how to, to approach touring and everything else so that they're ready to go. Yeah, but that's, a whole, you know? that's like a whole process, it right? Is, and it's a yeah. process
3: for you, too. It is. Yeah. So what's the process look like for you at this label?
0: Man, we, we find them. Um, like Kayla, I mean, heck, we found her singing the national anthem at the Broncos. <laughs> and I was sitting there, and she came out and had earplugs in, for God's <laughs> sakes. And, and I was like, man, this, I turned to my wife and said, this is going to be bad. And uh, she just nailed it. We found her there, it took me about a week to track her down. All hmm. um, the same thing, he walked in the studio and somebody else had stood him up. And um, we handed him a guitar and said, hey, do what you do. And um, he sang his songs and we're like, holy crap, this kid's got talent. Hmm. You know, so for us, it's we find him. And then from there, it's just about learning how to write and learning how not to write. And learning that writing isn't something that you necessarily always do by yourself. You hmm. know, sometimes it's something you have to do with somebody else. Sometimes you just have to sing somebody else's song. It's finding the right thing, letting them find themselves, um, and then starting to develop them, uh, getting ready for stage, getting ready for the show, and wow. then helping them understand touring and merch and. Well, what's so that? What's
3: that financial model? In that you know, you're bringing on young talent. You find people that you think are really interesting and talented mm-hmm. and all that, but where does it? Where does the financial piece ever come out of that? Well, <laughs> all these
0: laughs, yeah. I'm like I don't know. <laughs> I mean, industry wide, there's about a. non-recoup rate so basically how it works is record labels are for the most part venture capital so what we're saying is we believe in you and we're going to put some money behind you and then we're going to use our years of experience to um, you know help push you into stuff Uh, where it comes from is nowadays nobody buys cds so they got to go out there and they got to play shows they got to sell merchandise we have to work brand partnerships publishing sync licensing um, so initially for the first few years, it's a hundred percent output, you know, and then all of a sudden they start playing shows and making money and we're like, okay, shoo, good, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and eventually it works itself into a, a something that, that's financially works out. Cool. So where do you think Kayla, Ali, where
3: do you think you are in this path along your, your career journey?
2: Oh man. Hope, hopefully right at the start. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot, I mean, my focus really is just trying to create, the best music that I can, the best lyrics. And, you know, if it should keep working out, I'm, you know, down the road, 10 years from now, that should still be the same goal, is, mm. is just trying to come up with a better product and the best songs that I can. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at, at the moment, it's just a lot of learning, a lot of seeing, you know, how stuff works, um, what role I can
3: play in making everything, like, work better. Well, what's something that you've learned as a developing artist – that Maybe a year ago or two, when you first thought you like could sing or perform, that you learned, you said, wow, I didn't know that at all. Oh, man. Um. Kayla, you could rescue him, too. <laughs> I mean,
1: I came into this pretty green. I mean, I sang national anthems and called it good. So, you know, the writing process, learning how to write a market tune versus writing a song in your bedroom <laughs> that uh, you think is really what's good. A mar- okay.
3: So what's a market tune in your mind? Cause I, I guess I'm assuming that means something that other people besides yourself would want to listen to and, mm-hmm. and download and pay for.
1: Yeah. So basically it fits this mold of, um, what gets on the radio. So, you know, um, very similar verses that have the same sort of structure, um, has to be like three minutes and 30 seconds exactly, yeah. which Man, I really like singing five-minute songs. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so learning how to write in those um, guidelines, really.
2: Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I guess now that I've, I've had a second to think, yeah, yeah, I yeah. would say um, I guess it's, it's, it's mostly just about um, as far as performing and, and writing with everything that you do, just um, the importance of putting just everything you have into it and sort of g- giving up any holding back, um, if you're going to be writing, um, you got to try and do it as honest as possible. And when you're going to perform, you just you know it will make a difference if you really just give it you know 110 percent sort of that um, no looking back, sort of no regrets, and not leaving any space mm. for doubt. Mm. Um, that's the one thing that sort of I guess over as I've continued to work on music, it's sort of that been that sort of thing. Mm.
3: So you've learned how to do that better through yeah, practice.
2: Yeah, definitely. You just I mean, there's you know you I think you. Um, once you decide you're going to be singing on stage, you sort of accept a certain level of like, okay, well, I'm going to be this amount of vulnerable mm-hmm. and it's kind of, you know, slowly becoming more comfortable with being more and more vulnerable and sort of seeing the benefits of that.
3: Well, there's some risk and vulnerability, right? So have yeah. you guys messed up? Well, yeah, you always
2: mess up. <laughs> you know, you hope that you've convinced them that, you know, you know enough of what you're doing that, that it won't all be a mess up yeah. and you can come back and reel it back in.
3: That's cool. Yeah.
0: I think the, the, the messing up thing is somewhat subjective. I think we mess up oftentimes where, we, where it's mostly our fault generally, where we're like, we think that this song probably doesn't stand a chance. Mm. And so we ask them to do something that oftentimes isn't, isn't the right thing. And then they come back and we put out another single and it's the one that they were vulnerable on and emotional on. Mm. And from a market perspective, we say, man, that thing should be a tank. Mm. And then it just works. Hmm. And yeah, there's, we do a lot of messing up, don't we? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, I want to remind
3: listeners this is ProCo 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and this is the show featuring world class entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. I'm speaking with Joshua Olson of Third and James Independent Record Label, joined by recording artists Kayla Ruby and Ollie McCracken, and joined by a live audience. Thanks, everybody, for being here. <laughs> Ollie has this wonderful, soulful voice. You're going to hear it soon. And Kayla has been doing a uh, uh, country music with a bright tone. And, and in fact, um, one of your songs had over 200,000 downloads, right? Yeah. So, I mean, these guys are getting some great traction and you mentioned earlier that, um, doing live shows is a big part of that, right? Yeah. So talk about the live shows you do and like, what's your first, like what's, what's that first step into live performing?
1: Um, I mean, practicing for sure. I mean, we uh, we were talking about artist development a little bit and we've been in that for the last, well, I have been for the last two years and um, we just finally solidified a band. But, you know, as talented as these people are, you can't just get together and be like, boom, play the music, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we started back in February and, you know, just started practicing and practicing and then, you know, making sure that we can have somebody to be like, you know what? Maybe we should play this like down lower or up higher, or you know whatever. And then, you know, just you know preparing for everything. Yeah.
3: So I got to ask this then, because there are thousands of artists all working their craft in that way. Does do those kinds of little adjustments make the difference between a song that works and a song that doesn't?
0: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> The thing is, there's a whole lot of elements that go into live performance. I mean, number one is that you have the right people on the stage that actually can gel with each other and feel each other. Uh, The other is finding guys that understand the balance between the fact that they all probably want to be artists on their own, but now they're playing for somebody else, uh, knowing their place. There's tracks in the mix, which nowadays music we're playing to live and with tracks. Um, they have in-ear rigs where they have a whole narrative going on in their ears while they're on stage telling them what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like um, what kind of narrative? Here comes this song, oh, yeah. this BPM, dink, 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 here we go. Is that hard to deal yeah. with?
1: At first. I mean, yeah. um, maybe not for other people, but for singing. If yeah. you're like singing and then all of a sudden a voice comes mm-hmm. on in your head and you're like accidentally saying what the voice is saying like verse one one two three four (laughs) it's like oh crap i'm supposed to sing my words actually (laughs) but um yeah i mean it it a band that
0: does well on stage together people nowadays expect perfection number one and number two they expect to come to a show and and hear what they're hearing on their records Hmm. and we have to put guys and gals on the stage that are qualified and talented enough to do that so it makes it makes all the difference So how do you, I mean, it is a long process and it sounds like,
3: well, I didn't, I didn't continue on that first question, which was what do your shows look like now? So what do your shows, like how, uh, how many people, what kind of venues, how are you getting traction around live performances?
2: Um, Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'd like more people to be showing up, obviously, Uh (laughs) um, it's, it's been a mix of acoustic and, and, and full band shows for me. Um, a lot of the acoustic ones are obviously going to be a little bit less, um, rocking and a bit more, I got a lot of like sad songs. <laughs> so so uh, the acoustic shows tend to just be kind of like everybody gets together and it's kind of quiet and, you know, but then we get together with a band and there's a lot more rock to it. And, um, you know, I'm a big fan of, of, um, you know, sort of jammy, rocky music like that. And the live performance is obviously the biggest aspect of that sort of music. So I'm sort of working towards getting yeah. to a place where I'm with a band that's rocking and we're, we're improvising
3: and doing all these kind oh, cool. of things. So. Yeah. And uh, Kayla, you recently performed in Golden, right? Mm-hmm. How did that go? Tell us about that. Uh,
1: it was awesome. So um, I've never done an acoustic set before. I've only done full band. So, mm. um, you know, I think that element is a little different. I think, you know, you're, you can always be vulnerable, but with you and a guitar, I think Ollie has a way of showing exactly like... How he's feeling and all that stuff and kind of communicating through it but with a full band it's like it's it's really exciting because you know the crowd you see them getting into it and it's like even even if i'm not singing you know somebody's playing guitar and people are like head banging and yeah, <laughs> doing all uh, that stuff but um yeah my shows are crazy and loud but they're they're really fun cool and Buffalo Rose was great. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So when you think about sort of the baby steps that you've taken along your career because it really is a series of small steps that get you where you're going, what are a couple of examples of things that like, wow, that that step felt like a real progression in my career, for a real uh, meaningful next place?
2: Yeah, I get um I guess I'll, I'll start. Yeah. yeah. Um I guess when I was um like Two records ago, the first sort of the first music that I was ever making that was with Josh. And um, for that first, you know, you step into a recording booth that you've seen on TV your whole life and you're watching, you know, you've seen YouTube videos of all your heroes in there doing that. And for for me to step in and be like, all right, now there's a mic in front of me and I'm here. I got to, okay, we're going to play through this. Don't mess up. You know, (laughs) that was a big moment for me um sort of realizing man this is this is fun this is cool but then you see this there's sort of like a whole world of work that goes along with it that you don't just go in and then 30 minutes later you walk out and the song's done that you know you're going to be spending a lot of time and that was that was something for me that was just really exciting to sort of realize man this is what work's going to look like for me is going to be you know hopefully sitting in a recording studio till late in in the morning and early in the morning and um, trying to figure out how we can make a song sound better. So that, that was one of those mm-hmm. moments where it was like, man, I want to do this again and again and cool. keep coming back. Yeah. What about
3: you?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I guess I kind of talked about this, but the writing process a little bit. So I came in here and I was writing, you know, I hate boy songs like every <laughs> teenage girl does. But, um, <laughs> you know, there was a moment where um, the people that I was writing with was like, man, the vulnerability, like write about something that like kind of hits home and um ever since i was little you know my grandma's kind of been like a huge impact on my music career and and like what i wanted to do with that and so i finally wrote about her and she passed away a couple years ago but i was able to write a song and correctly portray how i was feeling and it was really hard for me and i performed it at the buffalo rose and i was like oh my gosh i'm going to start crying in front of all right. these people but that was a big We st- were crying. <laughs> yeah. But that was a big step because I thought that maybe writing about, you know, breakups and whatever was a way to hide behind it. But when you're more vulnerable and able to kind of show your true colors, it's like, wow, this is a whole nother level of feelings, you know?
3: So you're working on, um, I was going to hold this till later, but I'm going to do it right now. So share with us a bit of a song you're working on right now.
1: Well, that song is actually one of them that we're working on and trying to make more, like production-wise, with it. Are you good
3: sharing a verse? Yeah, go for um,
1: it. You used to tell me goodbye was just a way to say I'll see you again someday.
3: Very nice, thank you. Yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank
1: you. <laughs>
3: Hey, listeners, all this fun, and uh, this is ProCo 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. I'm speaking with Joshua Olson of Third and James Independent Record Label, joined by recording artists Kayla Ruby and Ollie McCracken. And of course, you just heard the live audience. So, also, want to make sure you guys all know this is possible because of generous sponsors, Community Banks of Colorado, who is sponsoring this event. MicroStar Keg Logistics, Kinsley Meetings, and Total Coaching Systems. We've got folks here from MicroStar, thank you, and from from, uh, Total Coaching Systems. We appreciate you guys being here. These great companies support Colorado entrepreneurs, and they support this show. Thanks also to the Colorado Chamber of Commerce for its support for me and ProCo360. Hey, please go to ProCo360.com to subscribe to the newsletter read my blog, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. That way, too, you'll get notified when we have these kinds of live events. Look, my mission is to share the stories and special nature of Colorado entrepreneurs. Obviously, you appreciate that. So whatever podcast app you're using, will you please help others find this show by submitting a review either right now or immediately Following this episode. So I want to talk some more about music and developing music as a business, right? Because we talked a little bit about writing a song that's marketable, but I want to turn back to Joshua. Is this about developing artists or is it about developing music that draws people to the artist? Yeah. I mean, a
0: hundred percent there's, you can't do one without the other. I mean, if you you can put out a you know a song where you're just uh, attempting to get radio play and stuff but those are short you know we call those one hit wonders right they come in they pop off they do something um, there's a balance and i think that's one of the things we talk about in development a lot is the the, the, the balance between art and business and understanding that mm-hmm. you can write an art piece that's 6 minutes and 50 seconds long uh, we're never going to get that on the radio so can we take that and can we can we condense it down to 315 yeah. you know um, i think we're looking to do both you can't have one without the other. If it's if it's if it's soulless, nobody's going to give a crap.
3: Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. then there's that whole piece, So there's the artist, mm-hmm. there's the music, and then there's the marketing. Yeah. Right? So sure. the market, you know, it seems like in today's world, marketing is almost even more important than either the other two. Sure. What's your take?
0: Yeah, I mean, I never thought we'd get to the point music-wise where music wasn't the commodity anymore. Nowadays, it's narrative um, we're, we're so concerned with developing narrative, they say statistically you have to have six interactions with an artist's content before you even touch their music to be a sustainable fan.
3: Meaning reading a blog, reading yeah. a post, seeing social a social uh, media, something yeah.
0: before yeah. you listen. Before you even touch their music. Wow. Um, you know, so it's one of those things where they have to uh, live a life open in front of everybody. And, it's one of those things where, you know, like, Ollie's a perfect example. I don't know how many artists I've worked with over the last 25 years that have as much of a passion just to do music. Uh, I think he'd rather remove his head than post on intergr- Instagram. <laughs> and so getting artists who love follow music... And, yeah. <laughs> for God's sakes, please follow me. Uh, it, you know, so asking them to do something that's not what they're passionate about for, for us to monetize them is an interesting mm-hmm. balance and dynamic. And yeah,
3: so, Yeah. Is that true,
2: Ollie? I mean, I wouldn't cut my head off, but man, <laughs> it's just not. Yeah, I mean, I obvi- it's it's obviously part of the whole thing now. Yeah. So you know, if you you can stand on the outside and say, "Oh, Instagram sucks," but at the end of the day, you're going to get left behind.
3: So yeah, I'm trying to trying to get better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> so when it comes to making a living, I mean, neither of you guys are making. A living yet full time, <laughs> right? But what's that journey look like to actually making a living and what's that mix around how you where your money comes from at some point?
2: Yeah, so uh, I've, I've worked a couple jobs, I was doing Uber for a long time and then I was and now I'm leasing houses out. Hmm. Um, you sing to your so, writers?
3: <laughs> no, no. Follow no, me, follow me. No, I, I used to
2: I used to turn on my CD and, and not mention that it was me, because how corny is that, right, driving someone around? Check out my music. So you just sit in the, you're driving, and you just kind of hope someone goes, oh, who's this? Oh, well, this is a guy, Ollie McCracken, based out of Denver. Yeah, but, you know, it's... Um, you just gotta, you gotta accept that, you know, it's not something that happens overnight. And so, you know, when I'm going to lease houses out, it obviously, I'm not thrilled about it, don't love it, but it's, it's something that allows me to keep doing this. And so I think you just got to find ways to, um, make a little bit of money and not lose your mind, um, in sort of the endeavor of trying to, trying to keep an artist thing sort of going, but yeah, but also make some money too, because you got to eat. Yeah. What do you think Kayla?
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm a swim lesson coach, so, you know, and luckily I do get to sing to my little ones, but they don't have Instagram, so that doesn't work out too well. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, you get a little money here and there from Spotify streams or, you know, honestly, it's playing shows and playing a lot of them to start doing that and then building your following so that people buy more tickets to pay you. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
3: And the price goes up eventually your tickets and all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean,
1: one day I'll be Carrie Underwood and be riding on a horse and, you know, playing massive stadiums. So
3: (laughs) hopefully. Yeah. So in this business, I'm going to ask all three of you so far, I'm going to start with, with the artists. What have you learned since you've been at this really working at with a, a lot of focus? What have you learned that you weren't really expecting?
1: the work. I mean, I did a podcast two years ago and we were talking about how much I love to do the work and all this. And I had no idea what that even meant. Um, you know, when you do a recording session, it's not like you come in and then you go home and eat dinner with your family. You're you're here from five o'clock till seven in the morning the next day. And, you know, if if you're not doing that, you're writing or you're playing the guitar or, you know, you're doing whatever. And a big thing that Um, Josh and I have talked about a lot is even if I'm not here, you need to constantly be working on yourself no matter what, whether you're at your house or, you know, you're out playing Frisbee with your dog, like you need to be marketing yourself and always focused on your music career and, you know, I expected the work, but I I didn't know exactly what that meant, so, you know.
3: Are there parts that you wish you didn't have to do?
1: The social media. I mean, (laughs) I, I grew up basically with everybody having a social media right from when we were like 10 you know so it's not something that's foreign to me but also you know I've kind of learned how to like embrace life without having a camera in front of my face so then having to revert back to always documenting things and being able to show you know your followers who you are and what you're doing all the time and it's just like Oh man, can yeah. I breathe yeah. sometimes? Yeah. But you know, it mm-hmm. it's not like a burden I can't handle either. Mm-hmm. So Yeah.
2: What about you, Ollie? Yeah, I guess for me, um, you know, when you decide that you're gonna play music, you think you really have like this big plan that mm-hmm. everything's laid out and it's like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and uh play music and that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> and then it turns out that playing music there's like a thousand steps before it that you you know, you gotta cover your all your bases and so I guess for me I was just surprised that um, I guess just how how little I know what's going on all the time mm-hmm. and like you don't know what's next and you just have to become comfortable with um, continuing to just work on the craft and you know not expect anything and kind of just like roll with it and, and you know not count on anything showing up mm-hmm. um, so I guess that's kind of what it's not even that it caught me off guard, but it just became very apparent that yeah. you know, your plan of going to play music isn't much of a plan and that you're going to need a lot more to it.
3: Well, and you were telling me you got a business degree from DU, right? International Studies. And you're yeah. like, yeah, I'm not doing that yet, <laughs> right? So.
2: Yeah, I was going to leave that on the side for a year, and that was like
3: five years ago. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. So Joshua, what do you think when you hear Kayla and Ollie talk <clears throat> about what they weren't expecting?
0: Oh, yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. I mean, I'm yeah. in the same boat trying to figure out how I don't know what the hell's going on, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, it makes perfect sense. This is a this is a it takes time. Yeah. You know, and so one of the things that we try and manage because uh, we consider ourselves an artist-friendly record label is we try and manage expectations early. Look, like, you're not going to get famous tomorrow. This is going to take time and we can't guarantee that we're going to even be able to do anything right. for you. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're in a society now where the market defines whether or not you're going to succeed. Uh, as far as artists are concerned, you're not seeing art as much now as you're seeing things that are going to drive streams up. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the best thing we can do is just do the best we can and put it out there. And so for them, watching them have to have jobs is you know, excruciating for us.
3: You'd rather have them just oh, being, working yeah. at their music and that's yeah. it. I, I think all just, three of you would like eh?
0: They just bunk here would be great. <laughs> yeah, can, Everybody just hang yeah. out and make music yeah. all the time. But yeah, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Well, music
3: is is personal. And I want to kind of, close with a couple of things uh, Kayla you from your uh, reckless and brave um, album you or, or song excuse me you have a line uh, we are the chances we take mm-hmm. so what do you think about that as, as it relates to your career
1: I mean um, I'm somebody who likes to live inside my little box and not really take a lot of risks but I've learned that if I don't put myself out there and if I don't you know put in the work and step outside of my box, you're never going to get any, you know, you're not going to get any chances. Like the thing says, I mean, performing shows, I love doing it, but also it makes me want to throw up and (laughs) freak out all at the same time. And, you know, I'm not really one to, you know, be that outward with myself, you know? So, um, but if you don't put yourself out there and if you don't put the work in, you're not going to get any yeah.
3: chances. So, Cool. My last question is for Ollie. And for those of you who wish to ask a question, uh, those in the audience, um, there's a mic right there. So be thinking of it and go ahead and go on up there because right when we're done with this one, I'm going to start pointing at people. So Ollie, I, referencing some of your music too, you've got two song titles. One, Life is Strange, Day by Day. What's your What's your take on... Sort of where you're going with your music, and also wanted to ask you because Kayla had a turn. What are you working on now? That sort of you'd say suggests where you're going.
2: Yeah. Um, well, life is strange, and day by day, um, they're just kind of there are a couple of, like they're sort of just stories. Um, life is strange is about a guy who who drives a train, and it's kind of it's kind of about the town I grew up in that I used to think was like the center of the world and the best place that there would ever be. Um, but as you grow up, you know, you see places kind of start to lose their luster or a bit of their shine. And so that Life is Strange is kind of just a song about, um, getting older and you sort of see th- things change and people change or you're changed, you know? And so that's kind of just what the song's yeah. about. Day by Day is just kind of like a little story about our trip we took down to, um, the South. We were in like Muscle Shoals and, um, New Orleans. And that's just kind of a it's just, it's really just a story. Um, it's a true story. Mm-hmm. Going, we We're in the hotel well, driving that, in right. a van that's yeah. too oh, hot. Really? And, really? Yeah. Will, you,
3: will you sing a line from that? I'm actually, I'm going to play that one oh, okay. at, so the, at the end. Give, yeah. us, give the, the podcast listeners a little sample of what you're working on now. Um, <clears throat> um, let's see. Uh. All of a sudden, she's feeling much
2: older. Don't know what happened, but life on her shoulders. It's really weighing her down. Now she's running as it starts getting colder. She's broken down, but she's not pulling over. She's <laughs> not messing around. There it is. I forgot oh, it. All right. hey, yeah,
0: cool. looking at.
3: <laughs> I usually hide behind I the know. guitar. Well, that's part, of, that's part of your life, right? So, that's hey, it. let's take some questions from the audience. And when you step up, please just give us your name and fire away your question.
0: Hi, everybody. I'm Kendall Coleman, Total Coaching Systems, and thank you so much for your, each and every one of
1: your stories. It's absolutely like just moved me to get up here. A live event really involves, it's like a three-legged stool, the performers, the audience who are
3: listening, and then the dancers. So how do you engage people to get up and participate?
2: Yeah, I think, <laughs> no, I mean, I, th- I think part of it is just like, Hey, you gotta maybe maybe it is another beer. Maybe you know <laughs> if if someone's not going to dance, then they're not going to dance. Really, it's a, it's about I think for me, my love of music started with going to see live music, and and being a part of a room, you know, feeling the energy in a room when, when people are really connecting to a song. And typically for me, I mean, I'm a dancer, uh, God. So, so you know that's uh, questionable uh, yeah. at best. Yeah. I've seen it. Not fair. That's yeah. not fair. um. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, part of it's the music, part of it's the place you're in, um, and yeah, part of it is is you just you know you gotta hope that that that, that energy's in the in the air and it's gonna yeah. show up. I think mm-hmm. it's it's tough to you know de, you know demand demand that sort of thing of a room if mm-hmm. they're not fully invested in it. Yeah. So it's
0: mm-hmm. the people like you that make that easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. get up and do it. You know,
1: I mean, That's... and you can kind of be like, hey, she's dancing. Like, where are the rest of you? You know, <laughs> you you kind of it's like banter almost, and then. Once I think once the crowd feels kind of comfortable with the band and like, oh, man, like she's just another person or he's just another person. They're like, oh, well, we can go hang out with them then. You know, so I mean, cool.
2: Hi, my name is Maggie and I wanted to ask both of the artists um, who you would say is uh, has been most inspirational to you um, in terms of uh, performing artists or somebody in the music industry why did they inspire you?
1: Um, So I would say Garth Brooks till I'm blue in the face. Um, (laughs) You know, I grew up listening to all the classics, you know, George Strait, Garth Brooks, Reba, everybody that is amazing. But, you know, you know, I kind of was born into it. I mean, my dad and I, who's back there, we would just like drive and listen to Garth Brooks every time we were in the car. So, you know, it started like that. And then when he came to Denver and played the Pepsi Center, um, I was older and I was starting to think about my um, music career and all that. And he is the most amazing performer I have ever seen. You know, he has so much energy. He's running all around, just like trying to make sure that everybody gets to see him and that he's interacting with everybody, even though there's like seventeen thousand people in that place. Um, but you know, he writes amazing stories. He is a great entertainer and an incredible musician. Well,
2: cool. yeah. For me, uh, the first one that came to mind was Van Morrison. Um...
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: there it is. You
3: too. <laughs>
2: that's, that's the person who asked our question. She yeah. loves Van Morrison. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so that's, um, yeah, I mean, um, as far as how um, musically, um, I think the the first album, Astral Weeks, I think the, the music behind those lyrics is, is some of the most incredible uh, music that was ever, you know, recorded. And then, you know, obviously the imagery and, and the lyrics of Van Morrison, um that's just something I've always been, been struck by is the power that he has to take me to Belfast and I'm walking down Cypress mm-hmm. Avenue. And, you know, and it's just that sort of thing where he'll take you there. And so that's something that I always tried to do is sort of maybe help the listener transport somewhere else.
3: Um, cool. Joshua, what about you? Quincy Jones? Oh, you'd be surprised, <laughs> yeah.
0: My dad's church had a thrift store and I used to go in there and rip off uh, eight-track tapes <laughs> and I found an eight-track tape player. Yeah, Rose Royce, Rick James, Quincy Jones. I'm a white guy that plays slap bass. You know? <laughs> and then of course we have a family motto, which is Jesus Family and George Strait. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, same same type of thing. Cool. Yeah.
3: We yeah, one one more.
1: Hi, I'm Betsy Henry, and I Betsy. have a a son who is in three bands and is playing all the time up here in Denver and Durango and. If he were ever looking for a label, should he come looking for you or do you go looking for
0: oh, him? Oh, man, that's great. Um, so there's, it, it's a little difficult. Technically, accepting unsolicited material is something that um, we find ourselves in a little bit of a legal situation. Because if we listen to their music and then something we put out sounds like their music, uh, we're in trouble. Um, so generally what we do is called solicitation, which is you go find some guy in the music industry that calls himself an entertainment lawyer or a manager and have him reach out uh, we are looking independent labels are looking um, unfortunately we're, we're not able to see everybody but if they've got a following uh, we're going to find out about them I guarantee it because we're looking Aaron is back here somewhere our VP of artist development Aaron Rothi, myself we, we're not going to admit it but when stuff comes in we might take a peek <laughs>
3: um,
0: but we also have you know people that listen to that as well so absolutely just submit you know Back in the day before everything got complicated, we just sent packages to record labels, you know, and nowadays it doesn't really work that way anymore, but I'll tell you what, we're looking and and be tenacious. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Somebody will find you.
3: Cool. I think that's a good place to, oh, did you have one more question? Fire away. What are some of the locations around town where we can go to hear the jam sessions? What are some good locations to hear people like you performing?
0: You mean are you talking more like people in town that are playing? I mean, there's man, there's so many good open mics here. There's jam nights.
1: I'm not old enough to get into any of them, (laughs) so uh, I don't know.
2: (laughs) You've been to a couple of yeah. I would say I would say on a Tuesday night um, down on South Broadway, there's the Roxy that used to be Syntax, and that's one of the best open mics in town. Mm. Um, Absolutely, just incredible as far as the audience there and the people that are going. It's it's really a great. Great yeah, event,
0: Goestown Tavern. They do open mics. Yeah, What's that union? Local forty six does one
2: at. Um, they do an mm-hmm. open jam, so it's more of like a, you know, show up with your bass, and you'll they'll pair you up with a drummer, and they'll put you with a wow. key player, and you, you kind of just jam that way. So there's there's all kinds of stuff like that.
0: There's websites dedicated to it in mm-hmm. Denver because um, uh, we're so dang serious wow. about it. Open That's mics cool. Denver, and
3: so so yet you know the the theme of this show is world class entrepreneurs who choose Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. So Joshua, are you? How optimistic are you about the Colorado music scene for independent development of artists?
0: Uh, Absolutely. I mean, I think it's I think it's perfect. Artists here aren't jaded by what the industry does to them. Hmm. They're still making music because they want to make music. You know, those of us, Aaron, myself, Tim, our PR guy, we've all Nashville, LA, Seattle stuff. Uh, we're we're thinking business. Artists in Colorado are still thinking art. Um so I think it's a, a breeding ground for, for things that are real and, and yeah, we're stoked to be here.
3: Oh that's great. Yeah. Well let's wrap up with that. And uh <laughs> I'm gonna thank all three of you. Thanks thank so much you. for, yeah, for, thank for you joining for me today. us. Yay. You. I'm your host I'm your host Dave Taber, and today on ProCo 360, you've been listening to a live audience conversation with Joshua Olson of Third and James Independent Record Label, joined by recording artists Kayla Ruby and Ollie McCracken. And again, thanks to the live audience for being here. Really appreciate it. That was your cue. That was your cue. <laughs> We might have to tweak that on the edit. I don't know. Joshua, Kayla, Ali again, thanks for thanks. Really appreciate thanks that us. the Thank conversation. Thank thanks for joining me on ProCo 360, where we say, live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the ProCo 360 podcast and submitting a review. Thanks again to Third and James for hosting us. Thanks for tonight's event sponsor, Community Banks of Colorado. And thanks to Proco 360 sponsors, Microstar Keg Logistics, Kinsley Meetings, Total Coaching Systems, and the Colorado Chamber of Commerce. A special thanks to my Proco 360 guests who are here tonight. And of course, the amazing Matt Leg, sound and recording engineer. Matt travels around with me as we do these live shows. I really appreciate his support. That's the show. Live, work, love Colorado.
0: Amen.